It has been 29 years, 29 long, arduous years of waiting and disappointment when finally, finally, since 1988, the Dodgers made it to the World Series. But we are not talking about sports because this is the 67th episode of the Fake Nerd Guys podcast. How's it going, guys? I was so confused. I was like, <laughs> how old did we get in just the five minutes we were talking? Yeah, nope. yeah. I was thinking about that too. No, that was like the biggest highlight of my week was when the I know we don't talk about sports because you guys don't really like sports. But well, also, oh, I do. I just don't like your teams. Oh, uh, oh, that's right. You do, yeah, you're from yeah. We're also a nerd I, I like, podcast. We I like, are. I like the Giants. Oh, uh, and the Sharks. Uh, yep. I like. How are we friends again? I like the because sports doesn't define our lives or our relationships. That's very true. I like the Forty ers No, you don't. It's the only team name I know. That's the only team you know. I like them too. And uh, and the earthquakes, the earthquakes are my favorite. Oh, that's the um, MLS team, the soccer team. Yep, nice. I thought you were lying. I wasn't. I thought no. The San Jose soccer's Earth- my favorite game to watch. Mine too. Yeah. Whenever I do, I just I don't really care. And about the earthquakes it. are great. Yeah. Well, this tangented quickly. Yes, yes it did. <laughs> How was your guys' week? <laughs> my week was great. Yeah. Yeah, I got to see you guys last night. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, we did the spooks. We went to a not scary farm. We Again. did. It's a tradition that we do. Mm-hmm. Five years. This was the fifth year. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Damn. I mean, one year we did. You know, ben, you started going two years ago, right? Yeah, two years ago. This is yeah, my third yeah. year going. So your third year. Um, Brandon and I started going five years ago, but one of the years, I think our uh, the second year that we were going to do it, we missed it. Did we I didn't do knots that year? Oh, what we did Disney. No, no, no. Is that a Disney trip? No, no, no. We didn't do we didn't do anything that year no. together, you and I, for Halloween because I couldn't make it down during October. That was the issue. Right. Okay. I was in I was in stuff. Well, I just realized something. We didn't even introduce ourselves. Oh, I'm Brandon T. McClure. <laughs> oh man, do they not know? I, I guess. Know. Oh, is this your first episode? <laughs> Hi, I'm Spark Plug Wickawitty. I mean, every episode. the disembodied voice of a felt creature. Yeah, every episode is someone's first. I guess. Hey, everyone! Everyone's comic is their first comic. Yeah. Bed magnet. Yeah, yeah bed magnet. That's me. Yeah. yeah, we don't have a uh, Ryan here today. No, Ryan. Ryan decided to to set this one out again. Uh, he should be on next week, and yeah. you know we deeply miss him, and we hope he's yeah. doing okay. Love you, buddy. Sparks doesn't love you anymore. What? I of course love him. <laughs> Why are we putting this out into the air? I miss him so bad. I texted him like, I wish I could see you, baby. Oh, <laughs> I, d- oh I did. I didn't. I left out the baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't want to get. I didn't want to get too committed too quickly. Uh-huh. Of course, of course not. Uh, I had a really good week actually. Uh, work and uh, and personal life. Uh, you know, I had a pretty good. I had a pretty good day, and uh, I got uh, the autobiography of Jean Luc Picard. Nice, nice. Uh, it's written by the same guy who did the autobiography of Captain Kirk, which I saw uh, a live reading of by Ooh. William Shatner. Which was awesome. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Because William Shatner reading excerpts from the autobiography of James T. Kirk. Nice. No, uh, I didn't get to see. Uh, I I would Patrick like to Stewart. see Patrick Stewart read excerpts from that book. From James T. Kirk. I from James T. Kirk. His own impression <laughs> of William Shatner. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. I think that would be funny. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to reading. I loved the autobiography of James T. Kirk. It was honestly a really surprising, like heartfelt mm-hmm. book. And I'm looking forward to this one as well. Did yeah. everyone love Geostorm? I didn't see Geostorm. I didn't see, see Geostorm. Oh. Geo I was too busy watching Who else baseball. did? <laughs> no one. <laughs> it was a massive flop. <laughs> yeah, Sparks, I was too busy watching baseball. That's like the only good thing that happened to me this week. Work was god-awful and yeah. Man, like, and we're back to sports, Ben. That was the only good thing. It was that and the haunt <laughs> last night, which he was awesome. He only talks about two things, how bad, is, how bad his work is and how great sports are. And also how great nerd stuff is. 
Nerd well, stuff's so great. Nerd stuff is pretty great. Yeah. You know what's not so great? What's not so Should great? Should we get into bed and butter? Yeah, man. I'm I'm pretty hungry. Yeah. Yeah. I could do it. I haven't eaten all day. No. I know that's a lie. I've eaten three Oreos. Three Oreos. That's practically three meals. Yeah. All totally. Right. I haven't eaten all day at all. I'm hungry. I want food. Well, we're going to start with something hilarious. All right. So for... I don't know if we ever talked about this. I think we, we have did. never talked about it. Have we never? I, I don't think we, we ever it. addressed it. We All right, not. maybe we did. So I so a while back we found out that Lionsgate was was producing a live action Detective Pikachu movie. Thanks Pokemon Go. <laughs> thanks to <laughs> see this is the weirdest thing. It's thanks to Pokemon Go, but it's the weirdest property to adapt. It's well, not I'm a Pokemon live action. It's Detective Pikachu. I'm pretty sure that there's already a Detective Pikachu in Japan that was there very is. popular. It was so a game. It's a game. Yeah. Oh, it's a game. Not yeah, a movie. Okay. It's a game. Okay. That's where this is coming from. So wow. they have adapted. They're adapting that game. I, I, I hesitate on the fact that guys, it's really weird that there's a story about a Pikachu that's a detective who speaks English. That's. I understand. That's just a weird thing. I understand it in a game. I don't even. That's that's like let's make Sonic a werewolf. That's on that level where it's like what happened here? How did you run out of Let's put Jason into space. Like it's Hey man, that's the best uh, Friday the 13th. No it isn't. I love that movie. It's 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 American classic. It's, uh, it's it's good because they decided to just embrace the stupidity, yeah. but let's not say it's the best. Uh, I think it's the best. I'm going to I'm going to die on that. How many note. of the others have you watched? None. There we go. Well, there there you go everyone. Um anyway, this feels like that kind of idea. Yeah. Like, let's just balls to the wall, just pull some... But Pokemon is one of the most popular franchises out of Japan for yeah. decades now. And they chose Detective they chose Pikachu they chose as the... I, anyway. know, I really want to know what went on in the Lionsgate meetings. You know what would make us a lot of money and it would be really, really cool? What? Detective Mother effing Pikachu. Well, well, here's the reality, though. If this rumor is true, what we're about to get into... I, I can't lie. I'll go see it. I'm I will, too. So the rumor is that we're seeing is that Lionsgate has released a frontrunner list of who they'd like to voice Detective Pikachu. And we have the likes of Hugh Jackman. What? Dwayne Johnson. Ryan Reynolds. And Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> All of which, if you just picture it, is hilarious. There's no... There's neither of... None of those four... Hey guys, I think we got a murder. There isn't one of those four. Maybe Mark Wahlberg. Like, I'm a little less inclined to want to go see it immediately mm -hmm. for Mark Wahlberg doing it. But even then, I'm like, there's really nobody on this list. I wouldn't immediately pay money just to watch this stupidity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I just... That's so, crazy. That Especially if this is Hugh Jackman. Oh, and he does his Australian accent. To be honest, Pikachu. out of these four, I think the most likely for it to actually turn out to be is Ryan Reynolds. Probably. I'll be honest. I think that's the most likely. Yeah. Um, but any of them are hilarious. I was still on board with the idea uh, that someone said about it, it should be Danny DeVito. Because yeah. I think that's hilarious. That would be... F oh. Because of the Lorax and... Uh, yeah. And... Uh, uh, Philatiti? Philoctetes. Philoctetes. Mm -hmm. Also, it's just funny to picture Danny DeVito's like gruff, very clearly adult, grown voice. man voice coming out of a little Pikachu. Yeah, <laughs> out of a little lightning. That's very moment. funny. Uh, I don't know what's going on with this, but I guess we'll see. The, this is one of the greatest rumors I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, just picturing. And the thing is, like I like I said, I want Hugh Jackman to do it in an Australian accent if he does it. Yeah. I want Mark Wahlberg to do full Boston if he does it. Like, it's got to be as silly as possible. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Please. 
If My Ryan, goodness. If Ryan Reynolds does it, he does like little sides to the camera like he does in Deadpool, except it's like PG rated. Literally, the only person I can think of immediately not on this list that I think would be hilarious doing this is um, Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, man. Him voicing a Pikachu. Is, is really God. funny to me. Yeah, that'd be pretty great. I mean, but it depends. Like, it, this has to be a comedy, right? Oh, of course. There's no way you're doing the concept of a Pikachu who became a PI that talks English like an American man. <laughs> There's no way that that's not... Uh, <laughs> Not comedy. Like, I won't. I won't say this. No, can't be a drama. There oh. are there are worse things that have come out of Lions. Even if yeah. it's okay. Look, even if it, they it was a drama, it'd have to be a drama that's like aware. It has to be aware, right? Like even in being a drama, what it is, right? So that it's funny, even though it's a drama. I just like to point out that at least in the Pokemon <laughs> anime, they made an episode like, "Hey, this is the reason why Meowth can talk." That was a dark episode, if I recall. Yeah, it was. It was kind of messed how up. Come, well, how come in the Pokemon games? I don't want to go on this tangent, but how come <laughs> in the Pokemon games, Pika is always like Pika P, and every other creature is like Pika. Well, when Yellow Version was made, Yellow Version came out after the anime was such a huge. Did you see the bit where it's like had all the the Snorlaxes? Yes, uh, but it's and they're like, slowly standing they're slowly up. Standing up. <laughs> yes. Took him twenty years to stand up. <laughs> All right, this is a fun tangent. There's more to do today. There is there more. Is, we got a bunch of DC news to talk about. Oh, yay! Oh, no. I lumped it all together. It's not just DC EU. It's DC Television, DC oh, okay. Comics. So it's that's not so bad. No. Um, so we got Kevin Smith, who I really disagree on with comic book movies uh, lately. Yeah, he had an opinion recently that I was like, dude. Uh, where he said basically that all comic book movies are good because they're comic book movies and they're comic books on the big screen, therefore they they are good because that's happening. Yes, uh, and I was like, that's I not have, no. I have that exact quote. That's not a that's not a good opinion. So that's exactly what I was ta- what I've been talking about for a while. Kevin Smith is very much like, you know, he's if they put comic books on the big screen, they're great. To be to be honest though, I. I have no problem with him saying that's his opinion. Yeah. I think that's fair because, honestly, that has clearly been his opinion for a long time. Yeah. That as long as it's a comic book thing getting hit made on the screen, then it's great. And if he feels that way, that's fine. But I'm sorry. You can't just tell me, oh, that means that Batman v Superman is good. Right. No. So Kevin Feige and Kevin Smith seem to be very optimistic for the future of the DCEU. Um, Kevin Smith. Good specific- for Kevin Feige. Right. Kevin... Kevin Feige was very diplomatic about it. He was like, no, I think they struck good chord with Wonder Woman. And he I think has always been of a supportive nature with what Warner Brothers has been doing. Yeah. He likes to foster the idea of more of what's going on out there. Right. So good for him. But Kevin Smith had the whole thing where it's just... It's a, hey, we're not... like. I don't understand. Like he said this, he said this opinion before on Batman on Batman. It's kind of where it was kind of where I started to be like, I don't, I don't know because at first he came out against Batman v Superman. Right. He was mm-hmm. he didn't like it. I remember this. And then he just like all of a sudden, like just for the fact is he made this joke about Jason Mewes where Jason Mewes just really likes anything that's in color. That's Kevin Smith kind of like if you put like. Superman on the big screen and he's all wide-eyed and it's amazing. Well, the thing with Batman v Superman is he was like, parademons on the big screen and that's all I needed. Yes. And I'm yeah. like, that's not enough, yeah. man. I mean, that part... give me some substance. Look part- at Doomsday, dude. Come on. That was straight up a cave troll from Lord of the Rings. And uh, uh, seeing parademons is awesome, but... I, a cave troll. But <laughs> that's the thing. Like, <laughs> have a cave troll. <laughs> it's cool to see, and uh, touching on Kevin Smith's uh, argu- uh, argument specifically, 
it's cool that we're that we got Parademons. Like, okay, yeah. that any fan would be excited that we got Parademons. Sure, I, wasn't expecting I never Par- thought we'd get them. I wasn't expecting right. to see Parademons. It's during cool that we got sequence. Wonder Woman in a movie. I'm not even gonna lie. It's it's cool that we got Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman in an action sequence. Sure, yeah, I agree. Still a bad movie. It's still a terrible yeah. film. Kevin Smith. I know. He, he, I, he, I like him. It, look, it's his opinion. He's entitled to it, yes. and it's fair. Um, I just don't like that he has the ear of so many people who think that's enough. Right. And I'm like, you. especially, I think, because Kevin Smith is a filmmaker who has openly acknowledged that like he's not a great filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't think of himself that way. He makes movies. I respect that. He makes the movies he, he wants, makes the movies he wants to see. Yeah. I respect that. He's, he's very honest about that. But he's a filmmaker. And you need to be able to be more objective about filmmaking yes. and judgmental. You can't just like something because, like, you love Star Trek, Brandon. I do. You don't just like Star Trek Into Darkness because Spock and Kirk are on screen. I really hate that movie. I know. And that's, and that's you've got to be able to, like, respect and stand up for the things you appreciate about a character. And when it's done in justice, you need to be able to recognize it. And that's it. the thing I used, to, I used to argue at the comic book store when I used to work there. And uh, people would be like, but it's, we got Batman and Superman on the screen together. It's like, okay, yeah, but look at it from an objective standpoint. If we keep telling these people, if we keep telling these filmmakers, hey, just give me a polished turd on the big screen and I'm going to pay tons of money to go see it, we're still getting a turd. Yeah, if emoji we, movie. Right, oh. <laughs> literally got a turd. <laughs> but if we, if we tell them, no, we want substance, we want good character depth, we want respect, we'll get it. But the only way we can do that is with our money that's really it if these films stop doing so well they'll reassess it and say maybe we should change our uh, change our you know direction i really don't want to see justice league opening weekend guys <laughs> i just felt like the right time to bring that up uh, i'm gonna go see it i'm gonna i'm not i'm not gonna like it but i'm gonna go see it I, at least i i really i'm to my rule I really hope I am wrong because I do not want. We this all want to be wrong. We all want to be wrong. I do not want this mo- I, movie to come out on my birthday week and have it completely and totally suck. I I know Ryan's not here, but can we make a new rule about this? I've been thinking about this a little while, and it feels like a good time to bring it up. If it comes out and its rating is below thirty, like, and we hear, we're hearing the bad word of mouth, like uh-huh. we are. If we can agree on that. Can we not see Justice League opening weekend and put our review off one week so we're not supporting the opening weekend? Because I don't feel good about giving my money to it if I feel that bad about it. You know what? It's our show. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. Are we cool with this? I'm okay with that. Because I'm, I'm, okay with I'm everything you that did, comes out. You did let make me, not let make me, but you did offer an amendment to my rule that if it's below 20, I should probably go see it because it's probably going to be a train wreck. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> true. And I still stand by that. But I think if it is that low, we should go the weekend after opening. Sure. Because I don't want to contribute to the high sales of opening weekend where they get to say, well, it was a hit. I know, like, it's just us. It's we're four people. We're not going to make a difference. But I don't feel right protesting about how I don't like what they're doing with the movies and then going and paying the money for it opening weekend anyway. Right. And if I'm feeling that way, because honestly, without this podcast, I wouldn't see Justice League opening weekend. I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. I have no real solid interest to see it opening weekend. I'd see it in theaters, but I wouldn't see it opening weekend. Right. Because I'm very much against the way they've handled this. I agree. I, I'm I'm for that. All in favor, say aye. 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 Cool. I'm Ryan. Ryan with aye. <laughs> like, aye. 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 <laughs> Dead Tom. <laughs> we hear it. Oh, we hear an echo across the valley. Aye. 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 <laughs> uh, I, knowing Ryan, I I not this isn't a knock on him, but I feel like he'll go opening weekend no matter what, and I I respect that that's how he feels. Yeah. But 
Ryan, I, lo- I love Ryan to death, but oftentimes he does have the same opinion that Kevin Smith does. He's more objective. He is, yes. It's not to the extreme, but there is. Ryan, times. I like the way you think about things. Let's not, <laughs> let's not go here. No. This is a weird place. I know we just made this pact, but I think someone is gonna convince me to go see opening weekend. It's probably gonna be your girlfriend. Probably. Hashtag drinking game. Hashtag drinking game. Uh, I, don't, I think let's we should also put a drinking game. That whenever you say you worked at a comic book store, okay? Because you say that a lot. Sure. Not knocking you. Hmm. I'll just when I worked at a comic book store. <laughs> I say <laughs> I don't mean to say it like I'm like whole house. Oh no 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 no! Because it was it was four years of oh, man. We're I getting, shouldn't. We're getting yeah. far away. Let's stop. Let's it. let's get back to. Let's move on. What's going on? So so we were talking about Kevin Smith, Kevin Feige. They're so, being optimistic. Yes. Okay. Cool. Good for Feige. Good for Feige. Smith. Smith always was. I don't know when he stopped being optimistic. No. When Feige says he th- he likes what DC is doing, part of me is like I don't know if you're being sincere or he, he is. is. He is. He is good. He really liked Wonder Woman. That is good. But that's the thing. That's the thing about Kevin Feige. Everybody at Marvel really liked Wonder Woman. That's here's good. The, here's the thing about Feige that I've always appreciated. When it, the DC the DC directors have always kind of like railed against Marvel, be like, we're going a different direction. We're not doing what Marvel is doing. Whereas Marvel is going been like, I love it. Make good stuff. We're all successful if you make good stuff. And yeah. and Kevin's also ex- Feige is yeah. extremely supportive of uh, Joss. Joss getting brought over there. He yeah. thinks okay. that was a really good move for them. And he he likes what Jeff Johns has at least been saying yes. about okay. what he wants. So I mean I I understand and I appreciate him putting that out there. That's a good. It's better to have positivity going around out there than negativity. Yeah, because like a little thing thing in my back of my head was saying is like, is he saying that because he's actually sincere, or he's like, hey, if you keep effing up, I reap the rewards. But to- to be clear, I think no, because if they keep screwing up. To be clear, I think Feige is optimistic about the future of Warner Brothers, not necessarily Justice League. Yes. Okay, and let, let's 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 real quickly put a ball put a ball on this and move on. But we'll get into it later into the episode. But if Warner Brothers and I've said this before, if Warner Brothers does not keep doing, if Warner Brothers doesn't do well or keep not doing well, it will hurt the whole genre. Oh yeah, agreed. And I think Feige knows that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Titans has cast its Beast Boy. Cool. Yes, it has. Ryan Potter from Big Hero 6. He played Hero. Yes. Oh. So he was also... Uh, I hated the way some sites ran this headline. Did you see it? No, I didn't. They're like, a Marvel star has been cast as in a DC project. Oh. And it's like, come on, that's really stretching it for the clickbait guys. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> So Ryan Potter has been gunning for the Tim Drake role for a while. Mm-hmm. He's been very outward, outwardly outspoken uh, that he wants to be Tim Drake in the DCEU. And I've I'm always been for it because I think he's perfect for the role. Um, even going, he would go so far as to train on Instagram. It was great. <laughs> uh, but him as Beast Boy, I'm down. He's a cool guy. I like him. Yeah, I yeah. like him too. This he's sounds good, awesome. Good pick. <clears throat> I approve. I'm very interested in how Titans is going to turn Me out. Me too. I want to yeah. know what the kind of budget the, the more they cast, out. I'm like, all right. Let's wonder, see what happens. I wonder what that budget is going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Um, Project 13 is a new CW uh, comic book series being developed, not by Greg Berlanti, but um, by Elizabeth Banks. I'm very unfamiliar with this. So Project 13 is uh, going to be based off a character. Uh, I, have, I have it up, actually. I have it ready. Uh, so it's going to be based off a character named Tracy 13 and her father, Dr. 13. I don't know a lot about these characters. They're very obscure DC characters. Well, we'll have to ask Ryan more about this later. There is, however, a comic book that I've read called uh, about with Dr. 13. It's really weird and meta. And like it's about these forgotten DC heroes trying to escape a crisis. Mm-hmm. So trying to escape being retconned. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, so apparently the drama, it's going to be a one hour drama, will focus on Tracy and 
a forensic scientist in her 20s who discovers she has extensive uh, extrasensory abilities. After seeking out her estranged father, a paranormal skeptic, they begin to explore cases relating to the paranormal activity. New DC CW TV show. What are we thinking? I, I mean, yeah, all right. Yeah, keep them coming, I guess. Okay. I, I, this, uh, you're probably not going to get my attention right away because I, I already watch too much CW TV as it is. Sure. Uh, you, you've got me watching four shows, and soon I'm going to be watching a fifth. No, six shows. I watch five. I'm going to be watching a sixth. So, are you kind of crazy, X? Yeah, I am. Yeah. CW TV. Uh, you, you lost me on Supernatural, so yeah, um, <laughs> lost a lot of people on Supernatural. I've never touched iZombie. This probably will be like that, where maybe down the line, if I hear good things, I'll I'll jump in. What's the first two seasons of iZombie? It's not bad, right? I've heard the same. I just haven't gotten around to doing it. There are other things higher up on my priority, but uh, if I hear cool stuff, I'll I'll jump in. Yeah, me too. I'm way more excited about Black Lightning. Yeah, that one should be fun. Uh, moving on, Aquaman has wrapped production. Yay. Uh, Aquaman has been kind of the crown jewel of DC a little uh, to an extent because there's been no, no, no that's Wonder Woman. Well, I mean, like as far as production wa- uh, was because there's still Wonder Woman, no production, anything. It's quite very quiet production. Mm-hmm. Now I just found out Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim Uprising had a very troubled production that was never that was never uh, put out. Oh, so could be similar, but I feel like Aquaman would probably hear something, but we haven't. So I'm looking forward to Aquaman still. I'm very curious about what's going to happen with Aquaman. I've been saying ever since we saw the concept art a long time ago of what the movie could be. I'm like, if the movie is like that, that could be really cool. But I am a little turned off on it uh, the more I see of Jason Momoa from Justice League because he seems too much like a dude bro to me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's one of those situations where I kind of hope the character I see in Justice League isn't the character we get in Aquaman. Kind of like Wonder Woman, Batman v Superman. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Because I, I, I like my Aquaman like Aquaman. I like my DC characters to act like the DC characters. Or at least some adaptation of them rather than a full 180. Yeah. Cyborg. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, anyway, you have anything to say about Aquaman? Um, you can just, say no. I want to say just, I want to see Justice League first. I want to see Justice this, League before. See, I want to skip Justice League Cor- and just go to Aquaman. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first movie that we'll be getting that's a major blockbuster where the majority of it takes place underwater. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I know Disney wants to do a Little Mermaid down the line, so that's another one where I'm like, oh, it'll be neat to see. Yeah. Don't really see that happen in live action a lot. Current um, technology will allow has for made it, it Has difficult. made it possible, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, David S. Sandberg uh, revealed that he's shooting for an April 2019 release date for Shazam. That's adorable. <laughs> Good luck with that. I suppose they're going to start production in January. That's adorable. Right? <laughs> I guess we'll see. Cast him and then I'll believe you. Yeah, right? Wow, that's... Oh, we're getting to November. Mm-hmm. Guys, yeah. get going. Marvel Cinematic Universe News. Anyone want to touch on that? Uh yeah. No? Okay. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, Punisher has a release date finally. Oh, yes, it does. Yeah, November And 17th. you were right, and I was wrong. I don't remember saying what you think I said. Yes, on the podcast we were talking about it when the uh, last Punisher trailer came out uh-huh. before this one, and I said that I felt like it would come out as a surprise release sometime sure. in October. And you said, I bet it'll be the same weekend as Justice League on November 17th. And I said, I don't know if they'll necessarily go that way. I don't know if they're going to be that petty twice. <laughs> It turns out. Apparently I was wrong. 
<laughs> I was wrong. Uh, you were right. And uh, you know what? Good on them for good on them for calling it out that it's like, hey, you know, you'll watch this. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so we know you'll watch it's this. Like, hey, save your money going to the theaters to watch <laughs> Justice League and just stay home watching a Punisher Daredevil on Netflix. Season 2 came out the uh, same weekend as Batman v Superman. Yes, mm-hmm. it did. And Punisher will be coming out the same weekend as, as Justice League. And uh, you got to wonder, do they do this on purpose? I don't know. Part of me wants to say yes, but at the same time, I think they're just I think, happy I'll be honest with you. Here's what I think. I think Daredevil Season 2 was an accident. Okay. Especially because, remember, that Batman v Superman was not originally supposed to have that release date. True. That's true. They weren't tracking for that. That's true. Uh, I think that Punisher was supposed to release at some point this year, and when they were looking at it, they had a couple of t- times they could decide on, and they decided, wouldn't it be funny? And they did it. I think that they could have chosen earlier in November, but decided not to in order to give time to Thor Ragnarok. So as not to compete with themselves. I also think they're not choosing much later than when they are to not distract from Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Not that Netflix shows really distract you from going to the movies anyway. Right. Sometimes you want that palate cleanser anyway. Yeah. But if you look at it because it's all still under the Disney umbrella, they're staying away from their other properties. Sure. Uh, Right. So anyway... um, Jeff Loeb did touch on the fact that it was postponed. Oh, you are going to... Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I wasn't going to touch on that. Oh, got it. Okay. No, you said uh, Jeff Loeb, and I was like, oh, are we yep. going there? Uh, no. <laughs> Jeff, Loeb, Jeff Loeb did touch on the fact that it had been postponed, <laughs> but he didn't say from what. So who knows, maybe that maybe that secret release date was true. I think it was possibly going to be released right. in October. Yeah. Originally, because it seems like a good October show. It does. It does. Um, and uh, so. they did say that, that the Vegas shootings did postpone the show, but did not edit the, the That's final right. cut. That's right. Yeah, because I remember That's uh, right. mm-hmm. New York Comic Con, they canceled the Punisher panel. Yes. Panel. Uh, the final cut of the show still is still was maintained. They didn't cut out anything. Um, so, interesting. Yeah. Topic for another time. I do not think that we are always right to postpone things in media that relate to things that are happening in real life just because they happened. That's an opinion. Mm. Topic yeah. we could discuss someday. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, keeping I, it I think like stepping away because you want to respect the situation is understandable, but also pulling something down when it's supposed to generate discussion at a time when discussion is high is also maybe a misstep. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Uh, keeping it within the uh, Netflix family, Luke Cage, uh, Mike Coulter revealed that there's going to be a Heroes for Hire subplot within this next season of Yay. Luke Cage. <laughs> That's cool, but my question is, why couldn't it have just been a Heroes for Hire season? Why couldn't it have been the introductory season of Danny Rand? <laughs> Man, I don't want to see Luke Cage season two. You don't? You don't? No. Iron Fist. Oh, oh okay. I was You really threw attack. us both for a second there. I was oh, like, why? Oh, I Dude, love Luke Cage. I'm sorry. Luke Cage was awesome. I, Actually, my I'll be honest. I'm, I am a little bit interested in Iron Fist season two because different showrunner, and I like the setup that Defenders left him with. We don't know who it is yet, though, right? N- Iron Fist season two? We don't yeah, know? Yeah, we do. Ooh. Yeah, I forget who it is oh. right now, but yeah, they said... Oh, I don't remember this at all. Uh, I'll look it up while you go on. We'll see. Uh, we'll touch back on that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, so it looks like there's gonna be a Heroes for Hire thing, and kind of wondering like why not? Why not out of Defenders just do Luke Cage Iron Fist seasons? You know, um, but okay. You know, I I I agree, but I am glad that sh- Heroes for Hire is being touched on at all in Luke Cage season two. That's what I wanted. Yeah, I same. wanted that to happen. Same. So I'm glad it's happening. I hope it's not like, we're just doing this right here and we're not doing it again. Mm-hmm. 
because it should be. I wonder if Carrie Ann Moss will be included because in the comics, her her male counterpart, her character in the comics is male, uh, run Heroes for Hire. Hmm. That'd be kind of cool to see. Right. Um, moving on to Chala. Uh, yes, yes. It's uh, Raven Metzner oh. is showrunner for Iron Fist Season 2. He was the showrunner on Fox's Sleepy Hollow, NBC's Heroes Reborn, and TNT's Falling Skies. Two of those things got good reviews. Yeah. Yes, they did. I watched all of Falling Skies. That was a solid show. Um, and I've seen a decent chunk of Sleepy Hollow. I like that, too. And I've wanted to watch Heroes Reborn. Sleepy Hollow was really good in its first season. I dropped off after, and I heard it got kind of, kind of pretty bad. I, d- I did, too. But... Um, I also don't think he was showrunner throughout all of Sleepy Hollow. I don't Hollow. think so either. Uh, so I, I heard good things about Sleepy he, Hollow. He was showrunner through all of Falling Skies, though, I know. So good Good. good. Noah I, Wiley, right? Huh? Noah Wiley? Yeah. 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 So uh, so this this is more positive to me than Iron Fist. Yeah, it, it has almost turned me around. Yes. I will say. Um, so apparently T'Challa has been Black Panther for about for 10 years. For a long years. time. For a long time. However long... We have, no clue. <laughs> we have no clue what the timeline in MCU is anymore, but let's just go with he's been the Black Panther around the same time that Tony announced he was Iron Man. Yes. Since About I that Iron same Man. amount of time, T'Challa's been the Black Panther. Oh, I didn't even write down the fact that the Black Panther trailer dropped. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that dude. That let's trailer. talk about it now. Let's talk about the Black Panther trailer. It looked awesome. It yes, looked it did. so pretty. I'm a li- I got a little worried when I saw Killmonger's Black Panther suit. And it's like, you're kind of doing the same thing that Iron Man did for the first two, you know, but like, okay, if you do it well, who cares? It's a big part of the comics, though. Yeah. Yeah, the Killmonger has this. You know what was exciting to me, though? Hmm. Uh, uh, Andy Serkis. Yeah. And oh, a yeah. Sonic Cannon. Yeah, that was oh. cool. I'm so excited to see that. Uh, I think visually this movie looks stunning. I think so, too. I'm very excited for this. All of Wakanda. When I first saw Wakanda, the br- the brief tease of Wakanda we saw in the teaser trailer, I wasn't wholly sold. I really liked it, but I was like, I want to see more of what it is. And this second trailer, whoa. <laughs> know, and I'm right? really, really glad that the movie is focusing on T'Challa struggling with what it means to become king now yes. mm-hmm. in the wake of his father's death. I think that's great. Really, really am hoping that we do get some flashbacks of him and his father. I do too. Because yeah. I thought that their relationship, while brief in Civil War, was solid. Did we and I want to see more. You just noticed the kind of Lion King jokes people have been making based off of that. Uh, that I've, I've seen, yes. Yeah. I kind of I hope that's true. I, I want some kind of expanded backstory about his relationship with his dad. Yeah. Because I think the relationship between T'Challa and King T'Chaka is is a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much in a not as famous, but like Uncle Ben kind of way. Sure. And since that's never been brought to films, I hope that's embellished on. In the comics, uh, slight deviation, but in the comics, uh, T'Chaka was King and Black Panther until his death when T'Challa became Black Panther and King. So in the comics... I think, I think they're going to show possibly T'Chaka. That, he a was, young T'Chaka? That, T'Chaka, that T'Chaka was Black Panther. Yeah. And King, and then stopped so that his son could become Black Panther, and now his son has to be Black Panther and King. Yeah. That'd be cool to see. I'm really, I'm looking forward to this movie like crazy. Like, I think Michael B. Jordan looks great. He does. I, the whole movie just looks fantastic. Love the cast. Yeah. I'm so excited love, for this Love movie. the look of it. And of course, that famous Tolkien joke. You look like you're nailing it. Good for you. Yeah. And you really love that Tolkien I, I find Phase 3 on a whole has looked much more promising than the previous two. I agree. And I, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I, th- I, I thought about this before. There's far less articles of of, uh, of saying like, oh, will this be Marvel's major flop? 
Remember phase two had a ton of those this, articles. This applies to our topic. Let's dig into it there. Okay. Um, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Ant-Man and the Wasp, phase three. Uh, yeah. Some plot rumors. Uh, Sparks, you have that Some up. plot detail rumors. So apparently in this rumor that is out, Ant-Man and the Wasp will take place shortly after Scott Lang was broken out of the raft by Steve Rogers and now finds himself under house arrest. Scott is, however, enjoying spending more time with his daughter, and he has now given up being Ant-Man altogether due to what happened in Civil War. Meanwhile, Hank and Hope are looking for ways to bring back her mom from the Quantum Realm. Um, neither is particularly happy with Scott having ditched them to help Team Cap, uh, but they're busy working in their new lab, which is tiny and mobile, because they are being hunted as well by forces unknown. This is an interesting d- dynamic idea, and if it turns out to be true, I think there is a lot to mine and foster there. I agree. I, I like that there's a little bit of like need to rebuild the team connection between Scott and Hank mm-hmm. and Hope Cause Hank after would, what happened with Civil War. Hank would really be upset that he did that because he doesn't he doesn't like the Avengers. Yes, so. I like the implication that there... A, I like a lot of things here. I like the implication that there are consequences for Scott even though he got out of the raft mm-hmm. because I was like, how are we going to have a movie if he's still in the but raft? But how is he... Under house arrest. That is confusing. I feel like the correct answer here is probably something along the lines of he got out of the raft and made a deal related possibly to the Sokovia Accords to not be the Ant-Man. Oh, so he signed the Sokovia Accords? Right. And gets to spend time with his daughter, but he's got to be confined there. He's on watch, essentially. Mm. I got another theory. Um, After uh, Steve Rogers broke him out of the raft, he just stayed, he put himself, it's like, self-imposed house arrest right where like he's he stayed in home he's in he's essentially hiding in his own home but we've seen set photos of him out and about with a with a with a re, like a repair company something like that oh. yeah and it, I, if he was in hiding i don't think he'd be able to hide at the house where his oh. daughter is oh, yeah. so i think that it is something where the government is aware of him being there and there's some kind of deal worked out so that okay. he can be yeah um for them to have fostered that situation i, I can't because there's there's no other way I can see Scott not having to be on the run, um, so okay. I hope I hope that there's something tied to that. I think that might also be what is possibly tied to Hank and Hope being pursued is because of their connection to Scott. They want yeah. Scott to turn them in, but Scott isn't uh, because they want them on the Sokovia Accords as well. Sure, and they would Hank especially I think right because of their they know about their power set. Yeah. So so there there's a lot here that I think is is whether or not it's all true that's it's interesting material. I like these ideas. I like that there's a sense of consequence. I like that there's a sense of of needing to rebuild relationships between the team. Mm-hmm. And I like that uh that we're going to get to see Scott still driving home that that impression that he still wants to spend time with his daughter. I like that that's still a focal point for him. Me too. I really like uh Ka- anytime they bring in Cassie. I wonder if we'll ever see Cassie Dawn the Ant Man costume, like she does in the comics. That's another thing for our topic, and That's uh, good point. that that would be years, years, years down the line. Phase six, maybe. So it looks right. like, not too sure how to classify this. Maybe rumor, maybe not. But Ty Simpkins may be joining the event, the Avengers right. forecast. Right. So IMDb has said Ty Simpkins is in Avengers four, which means he's returning as his character from Iron Man three, which is the kid that uh, Tony. Got the help from? Oh, you mean the one that they said that was Peter Parker? No. Oh, that's no, no, Iron, no, Man no. Iron, oh, Man, Iron Man Two. Iron Man Three. His oh, oh, suit shuts the kid, down. The kid, the one with yep, the potato yep, gun. That yep, kid. Okay. That kid. Okay. So they're saying that he's returning in Avengers Four. Shut up. I I'll be honest. I think what this is, uh, if it's true, I think Ty is appearing because 
they want to give what focus they can to some characters of the legacy of Tony mm-hmm. because he probably dies. And so um, Ty's probably at Ty's character is probably at his funeral. He's probably mourning him sure. amongst other characters um, because of how close he got to Tony. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just to add a little bit more, like Ty is a great character to get the impression of the effect Tony had around the world on kids uh, with us already being related to him. So I could see that being why he's in it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's, I think that's, that's likely. Um, but again, we don't really know too sure. And it pays tribute to the direct legacy of the Iron Man films themselves. Yes. And I always, you know what, bring back as many characters as you can. One of the, one of the things I always hated is that Liv Tyler never came never comes back as Betty Ross agreed although still could happen still could happen they brought back her dad that's a step in the right direction that was the most exciting thing that was a huge step in the right direction that was the most direct acknowledgement of Incredible Hulk we'd ever gotten yeah Um, outside of the comics yes Uh, like we get the flashes but it's like that that was straight on direct I don't believe the rumor theory that is that Ty is going to be the person who gets the Iron Man suit after Tony I don't buy that for a second. No. I don't think no, that's don't where we're either. headed. I don't. Th- I, I think I don't. he is being going to be present as a mourner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this just goes back to I. I firmly believe that that Iron Man should die, and if that is the case, then then yeah, bring him in. I I agree with you that this is probably what this is for. Right. Well, so this was something that was really interesting. Not really news, but I wanted to touch on it a bit because I found it really interesting. I guess um, a news scoop forced Kevin Feige to change the ending of Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, right. I read this. So apparently, Age of Ultron was initially supposed to end with Hulk going to space. It was going to be very clear, and the, the line was going to be that, uh, and that uh, the, you know, he says, uh, Samuel L. Jackson says to Scarlett Johansson, he was last spotted passing Saturn. Oh. And so the scene where we see him in the ship, in, in the, the, Quinjet, the Quinjet, was not supposed to have blue skies. It was supposed to have space in, in the background. So, because that would be how he got to the planet, uh, was it Sakaar? So, yes. Yeah, so, so, they were setting that up in Age of Ultron, but because we had found out about it, and I remember this article coming out, uh, they decided, you know what? No, we're not going to send him to space. It's just going to, we're, we're going to make him, he's just gone. So, the blue skies thing was edited and he is on Earth. And then through the course of production of Thor Ragnarok, it became, okay, but what if Hulk went to space? (laughs) Which I think was the better choice. I think so, too. Everyone kind of assumed it anyway. Yeah. Because they were like, why, where else would he go? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were saying they want something to do with Planet Hulk since, what, Phase 2? Because it's, it's implied that if there are people who, if they wanted to know where Bruce was, they could. Yes. Because it was implied in Avengers that S.H.I.E.L.D. always knew where he was. They just left him alone. Yes. So this idea that, that he could have just disappeared on Earth from Nick Fury, I didn't totally buy. So Especially with the Avengers and the resources and what they have now. Yeah. 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 With Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. There's no way. Able to pinpoint gamma radiation. I, come on. What? Yeah. Yeah. So apparently the quote is, we said, Joss, we can't do that because he's, go- he's not going into space and people are going to think we're doing Planet Hulk because Umberto has some big hot scoop that we're doing Planet Hulk. We can't do it. He goes, well, what are you going to do? We said, we don't know. So if you go back and look at the shot of the movie, he's in, he's in the sky. It's blue sky. Mm-hmm. So it, they were not going to do Planet Hulk until Taika Waititi came on board and was like, what if we fold it into Thor? Part of it, well, part of that <laughs> makes sense because they still couldn't do a solo Hulk film. They still can't. But yeah, right. That's true. And so, so at that time, like they're like, well, 
we'd like to do Planet Hulk, but we can't. And then Thor was like, well, we, we could. <laughs> we could do this. <laughs> it's like just have a rematch of Which Thor I think was Hulk. a good idea. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, so Pacific Rim, we haven't really touched on Pacific Rim a whole lot, um, even though it is one of my favorite movies. Uh, Didn't we literally just talk about it last week? Right, no, but like last week was the first time we talked about it and like most of the time the show has been the show. No. I can count on one hand. Well, we talked about it a little while back because the trailer came out and then we right. talked about it last week because they talked about the universe expanding and now we're talking about it again. That's three weeks in a row, baby. Oh, you call me baby. Oh my. Oh. Anyway, what's up? So anyway, apparently, uh, and I, I'm not crazy about this, St- Stephen S. DeKnight, who's the director of Pacific Rim Uprising, uh, has said that there are talks to combine Pacific Rim with the current MonsterVerse. What? Now, look, this has not been unmentioned before. No, but most of the time it's been fan theory. Yes, yes, I know. So it's been fan theory. It's been around. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment that he said what he said last week that we discussed about, which is this whole expanding the universe after three, mm-hmm. I always assumed that they were considering Godzilla as part of that. I always assumed that was something in their minds as a possibility, especially if both are doing financially well. Mm-hmm. That that never wasn't as a possibility in my mind. So this doesn't entirely surprise me. This isn't a guarantee. No, this it's doesn't not. mean this is. I, again, I go back to this won't happen unless two and three do well, and we won't get three unless two does well. So he says the quote exactly is: "I won't say uh, that there's an Easter egg, but there's been a lot of discussion about the possibility of crossing over." Look, I think it would be fantastic to have Pacific Rim Universe join Legendary's Monster Universe. It seems like a natural step. And part of the big overall plan after the third movie we've talked about is that is that could happen. It's always a possibility. It's by far not a certainty. It's merely theoretical at this point. But as a fan myself, I would love to see that happen. And yeah, he's correct. It's you know, it'll be fun. There are two hangups though right away. One is just the story of Pacific Rim, which is set further in our future. It's not. I I would almost immediately suggest that they are two different worlds that would cross over. Yeah. Oh, it's like a parallel dimension type thing? Just the same way as the kaiju spill out of that hole. Sure, I can see that. They would spill into another. We kind of talked about this last week, how I could see them spilling into a different hole, into a different place. Mm -hmm. Part of what I was thinking of is that they would spill into the Godzilla universe. And all I think that the crossover would need to be is one or two Jaegers get lost through a hole and spin off, and then you have them wind up in the Godzilla universe. And from there, they rebuild their Jaeger technology into Jet Jaguar and fight with Godzilla. And how dope would that be? <laughs> a Doho. reimagined Jet Jet Jaguar. That, Toho would have to give them permission dude, to use Jet Jaguar. That would be so dope. I know, right? See Jet Jaguar. See, see, if you put it in that spin, I'm kind of down. Mm-hmm. So now the other thing. Here's what I like. Here's what I like about that. Sorry, mm-hmm. real quick. If they did that, it gives a great excuse for why in the Godzilla films that we have, which are more realistic. You know, Mm -hmm. it gives a great excuse for why they could build all of a sudden things that could deal with like Mechagodzilla. Yeah, because all of a sudden it spills over Mm -hmm. from their from Pacific Rim's world. And they're like this technology from this other place. It just puts them a leap forward where it's like we didn't even have to, you know, they didn't earn it. They didn't build it. They didn't respect it. They they patented. Now they want to sell it. They want to sell. You know, it's that. Yeah. Uh, Okay, calm down. One one of the one of the hangups with with that, however, is, is Toho. Because Toho, uh, we found out recently that Toho was very cagey about giving them the rights to Mothra, Ghidorah, and Rodan. But they did it anyway. They yeah. did it anyway. And Toho, you know, they liked Godzilla enough, but they, you know, they're a little bit more hesitant to give Warner Brothers. That's the that's the second hangout with Pacific Rim. 
they're hesitant to give Warner Brothers rights to other monsters, which is why Kong was considered. So that's the second hang-up, which is Godzilla, right now, the distribution rights, the filming rights, they're with Warner Brothers. Legendary is no longer associated with Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Pacific Rim is now a Universal, Sto- is now a Universal Studios production. Could still happen. Could still happen. Could I mean, still we happen. saw. So Kong was initially a, a Universal Studios property, but through some stupid ass loophole that I even I can't understand, uh, Kong now belongs to Warner Brothers. It's still weird. So, so it could happen. But the, I mean, the, the studios and how many studios like each other at this I'm, point? I'm I'm not against it. I'm just gonna say I'm not against it because if we've gotten to the point where that's happening, that means Pacific Rim's been doing pretty well. Sure, that's true. So, cool. Do it. Give me Jet Jaguar. But this all comes down to the fact that just the Pacific Rim Uprising movie is not looking like the, the we'll sequel that, that Pacific Rim should have been. We, we've talked about this, but we'll see what happens. The other thing is Pacific Rim is getting a Pacific Rim Uprising is getting a prequel comic set a year before the film, nine years after the last. Neat. So it's called Pacific Rim Aftermath. It's going to be a six issue miniseries written by <laughs> Kevin Scott and Richard Ellison. I'm, I don't know these guys. Um, but, you know, they're veterans, so whatever. It's going to follow Jake as he searches for the truth behind the death of his father, Stacker Pentecost, and introduces, it will introduce Griffin, a former Jaeger pilot who now works as an enforcer for a corrupt mob boss, as well as a mysterious criminal figure called the Mech Czar, who rules the underworld with a steel fist, literally. Hmm. So it doesn't look like a lot of, a lot of Jaeger action in this, in this prequel. A little upsetting because, you know, comics you could go batshit insane. Yeah. But sure. Uh, one of the things that I don't like is the mystery of Stacker's death. There is no mystery. He, he blew up. Yeah, <laughs> he died with. Uh, he died in uh, um, Striker Eureka. But this is another thing. It looks like they're ignoring the ending of Pacific Rim, and I've I've pieced together this from this and a, a previous interview with John Boyega, who said that Rayleigh died at the end of Pacific Rim, which he doesn't. No, he's alive, alive and well. Him and Mako, they get hitched. So I wonder if they're ignoring the ending of Pacific Rim. Uh, we'll do. see. Yeah, if they do, this comic will be released January seventeenth. Okay. Boop boop. Anything else on Pacific Rim before we go into the biggest franchise in the world? <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm ready to move on to Twilight. Oh, not oh, that. oh! I don't mean to disappoint triggered, you. Triggered, 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 triggered. No, we, we oh. haven't used that in a while. Uh, yeah, triggered Ben. Oh, just, just Star Wars. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I had to need to clean out his ears. <laughs> oh, um, um. The Han Solo solo movie has a title. You mean Solo? Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of dig that title. I kind of dig it. What I, I, gonna call it's it? not that far off from what I was anticipating anyway. I, yeah. was just, I was anticipating Han Solo. Yeah, me too. But Solo is better it's the solo solo story <laughs> called solo <laughs> he's not solo though he's I gonna know. have he's other key people in the cast he's got chewbacca we got lando calrissian in there right uh yeah so ron howard released this after they after they announced that they wrapped production they said this is the title and the internet was not happy about it but who what's a surprise yeah um, i think the internet wasn't happy about it because to be honest with you it should have just been announced a long time ago Mm-hmm. Because everybody was already calling it the Han Solo movie, and unless you were going to call it something else that was cool, like Kessel Run, oh. a Star Wars story. Smuggler, I, that, Smuggler's Bounty. Yeah. Unless you were going to call it something like that, everybody was always going to be disappointed because they took such a long time to say what it was. Yeah, they did. It was kind of messed up. Yeah. Uh, but hey, we finally know. Hashtag Kessel Run would have been a great title. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, man. I'm going to tweet that right now. Benicio Del Toro's character, DJ... 
Uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi is getting a prequel comic from Marvel. That's kind of cool. I'm down. Anybody care? Sparks, you look at me. I, it's just because we just talked about Pacific Rim pre- prequel comic. I get I get a little antsy about so many prequel comics sure. to, to movie properties where I'm like... Because to me, I feel like a lot of the time right now they keep coming out because they don't do enough character stuff in the films themselves. Mm-hmm. So they decide to expand on a prequel comic like it makes it okay. That's the problem I had with The Force Awakens. That's the problem I had with Rogue One. Mm-hmm. That was a big problem with Rogue One. Yeah. Because uh, the, the two... The two guys from the temple. Um, their whole backstory was their whole backstory was comics. explained in comics mm. instead of put into the film, and I I don't like that shortcut. Yeah, me neither. Where they kind of feel okay with it because it's a big franchise temple, and they're like, people will read these things, and well, I'm like, yeah, I will, but you should have it in the movie, right? Whatever. Some excuse to not have character development. Mm. The the thing is, <clears throat> prequel comics should add, but not. Uh, Force provide the only that's character the, backstory. That's what I was getting at with Force Awakens. One of the things about Force Awakens <laughs> that I didn't like is that most of the, what the New Republic is is in the prequel stories. The prequel stories. I I agree with you on this one. Yeah. I I don't like that. Uh, we've kind of talked about this. I don't like that you come into Star Wars and like to Leia and Han, Snoke is already a big deal, and but to the audience it's like who? Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's one of those things that I don't like how they do that and i understand when you're a franchise you're very confident that people are going to check out all these things and to give them their credit we do yes but i always feel like this kind of stuff should add on to what's there not provide the backstory that is absent yes now mind you a lot of the stuff that has been leading into the force awakens is really good oh yes absolutely yeah all that backstory stuff is awesome you should absolutely be checking it out because you will get so much more out of the what's leia, going on in star wars the leia books are fantastic Bloodline. everybody's stuff all the star wars book material bloodline right Yes. All the Star Wars book material has been amazing. Yeah. And I highly encourage you to read it. But it is unfortunate when the movies suffer a bit. Force Awakens is a less example Mm -hmm. than others I could think of. But it is unfortunate when you're missing something for a character and the only way to get it is to go and read a book because they didn't put enough into the film. Yes, I agree. Like, the X-Men Days of Future Past was an example of, you didn't need a prequel comic? I would have liked a prequel comic, though. Yeah, they they take shortcuts. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so DJ is going to have a prequel comic uh, written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. I just really like that. That's funny. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> they they wrote Star Wars: The Last Jedi: Storms of Crate, which is not out yet, but it will be out soon. Sure. Um, which is a set between A New Hope and Empire mm-hmm. uh, about Crate, uh, with the planet we see in uh, Last Jedi. Cool. Be illustrated by Kev Walker, who does Doctor Afra. It's a great comic. Oh yeah. All right. Um, the synopsis reads, "When Star- this is a dumbass synopsis, by the way, so just warning you. When Star Wars The Last Jedi takes theaters in force, get it? Uh, this December, Star- it actually says get it, by oh the way. My I, God. Didn't, I didn't read that. Oh, I, I thought that was I mean, I read that. I, I thought that was you being funny. Nope. Okay. This December, Star Wars fans will get a peek into some new dark corners of the galaxy far away, and out of one of those corners scuttles DJ. I just can't imagine Benicio Del Toro scuttling. Um... And out of one of those corner scuttles, DJ, the mysterious character played by Benicio del Toro, who is this mystery man, and what put him and what put him in the path of our resistance heroes? Join Ben Acker and Ben Blacker and Kev Walker as they reveal a day in DJ's life just before his appearance in the film. Neat. Yeah, right. <laughs> that tells you nothing. Okay. What it does tell me is, I feel like we're not going to know that much about his backstory from the movie. Yeah. I agree. We're not going to know a lot about this character. It's just going to show up and people are going to be like, Thanks. oh. But now it's, uh, you know, in Star Wars, 
they made the three films and then they made the spinoff materials that expand the characters that you didn't have a lot of expansion on like oh like such and such who is in the background is this character and now it's like they make characters specifically to be expanded on in in, in different material yeah but anyway apparently star wars episode 9 will tie up all three trilogies what does that mean oh yeah okay great we're here um what does that mean i have no idea but I kind of okay. If it means that we're going to get some references to the prequels, the Clone Wars, maybe I'm into that. Okay. I, I, here's what I here's what I'd like it. Here's what I'd like it to mean, and then here's what I think it means. What I'd like it to mean is that we're gonna see something along the lines of the abandoned concept idea of the Hayden Christensen Darth Vader Two Face Ghost, because that sounded dope as hell and i thought was a big redemption for the prequel trilogies had they gone that way i really wanted to see that i i really did too and that's weird because i didn't think i'd ever want to see hayden christensen on the screen in star wars again but we saw the concept art it looked awesome it did and i i like the idea of it the idea of this this lingering presence from him is a cool idea even in death he's pulled between the dark and the light yes i really think that's neat um so I'd like to say it would be that. What I think it really will be is I think we're going to get some kind of acknowledgement of what the Republic and the Jedi used to be at the beginning of the series, what they became because of what happened with the Emperor, and then what they will become now sure. in light of what's happened in the new trilogy, like where what happens to the end of the Jedi and what comes with Force users after that and what the Republic becomes what new form the the sort of republic governing body will take because from all all extensive purposes we see the between return of the jedi and last Je- and not jedi and force awakens it looks like they just tried again with the same thing that failed yeah. them the first time so maybe this means we realized that was a mistake and we're going to build something new right so maybe i don't know how to do it for the news yeah great Great episode, guys. See you later. No, I'm kidding. Okay, cool. Um, so we decided to touch on this week where we think superheroes are going to go in film. The future of superhero films. This is a big topic, guys. Oh, yeah. I don't feel qualified. <laughs> but we're doing it anyway. Where do we want to start? Uh, let's start with the MCU. Oh, we're going to start with the best <laughs> first? <laughs> yeah, we'll work our way down. Oh, man. Oh, okay, do you want to start with Fox? Yeah. All right, let's start with Fox. Okay, let's start with Fox. So, well, I want to get your take first on this on the Sparks. Where do you think Fox is going to go? All we know is their next year plan. We don't know much else after that. We've kind of talked about it before, but I think what's going to happen is that they have to either abandon the main team films for a period of time and focus on other things like New Mutants or Deadpool or X Force that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and leave the main team alone for a decent amount of time or they just have to quit sure i agree um because fox is going to run the x-men the main team into the ground their side stuff is doing well yeah like i i think new mutants could be cool deadpool's great i'm looking forward to the deadpool sequel x-force uh logan was great yeah you know all that stuff is solid I don't super care about X-Men Dark Phoenix because of Apocalypse. Right. I'm having a hard time investing. I don't know that I care about what's going on with this main team that Fox has put together in this world anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I do. And I don't think you're alone in that. I think there's a lot of audience members who think that. I think I'm tired of living in the past. Sure. 
What I mean by that is with, it, like, I love them. Young McAvoy, young Fassbender's characters and all that. I think I'm done with the the old thing because we're not catching up to anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Now they're their own story. And I'm kind of done with being behind. See, what I thought you meant were you were you were tired of being stuck in the past. Is because the X-Men films, the main team X-Men films, are still very much grounded in that 90s, late 90s sensibilities of superhero films. They are, and that's what we were heading towards. And now they've riffed and now they're their own timeline and yet we're still in the past. Right. And I'm kind of over it. Yeah, what do you think, Ben? I think that X the X-Men films they should just finish what they started. But what they start? What did they start? I know, I know. What, where's the finish like, line? End with the Logan. Dark. Yeah, Logan. No, that's fair. Um they'll I don't know. The X-Men films to me they're they're a very weird topic to handle. But they're all hit and miss. They are cuz you got Apocalypse. I enjoyed Apocalypse. I don't think it was the best. I think Days of Future Past was amazing. First Class was awesome. The original two X-Men films were pretty good. And Logan was like damn. But I really kind of what I kind of hope to see is that eventually Fox and we get um X-Men some X-Men characters in the MCU. Oh, Some, not all. Now let me. Some, because I know me, that's already a huge smorgasbord of characters that we have already, and throwing the X Men lineup in there is just like, damn. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me uh, phrase the. Let me, let me phrase this uh, if I can. The, let him, Ben. Let him. I'm He's trying like five times. <laughs> but the the X Men films, we're we're starting to see the cracks in the superhero genre. I think small. Very small cracks, but I do think they're starting to show. And I think if you innovate and you keep doing something new, something different, something like Black Panther, something like Logan, something like DC's got nothing like this. But um, <laughs> if you keep doing something like that, you can keep preventing the superhero fatigue from taking hold. And because you got to keep, you got to keep reinventing. And that's what the thing that the Western genre didn't do. It just kept doing the same Western film over and over again. I think that Fox is stuck with the X-Men main team, Mm -hmm. that they can't go forward. And here's the reason why. They want to build an ensemble work like Justice League or Avengers, but they aren't acknowledging that X-Men has been an ensemble the whole time. They keep bringing together characters. They've never been good at it. They've never been good at treating it as an ensemble as it is. It's always been like we focus on three or four people and then everyone else is just kind of there. But they were already an ensemble. And the problem with why Apocalypse failed is because they wanted it to feel like an ensemble film. So they brought together more of the young characters with the characters you've been following and then threw in multiple new characters from the comics to be the horsemen under Apocalypse, which distracted from him and made the movie overstuffed because they were like, we have to be as big as the others. It's like, you already have the people for it. Just focus on them. Right. You already have that, but they don't see it that way. And that's why I'm not very interested in what happens with the X-Men main team anymore because they don't understand what they have with them anymore. They don't understand that they already have an Avengers-level movie. If they don't add more freaking characters to the mix, just flesh out what you have. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of mutants you've introduced time and time again that you have not actually done anything with. Stop throwing new ones from the comics in on top of them. It's like a pizza with way too many toppings. This yeah. is the fourth time we're going to touch on Dark Phoenix, I think. Third. I don't know. If we count X-Men 2, I think it's the fourth. X-Men, X-Men 2, you saw a little bit of Glimmer. X-Men 3 was the main one. 
Yeah, fourth time because Apocalypse, you saw Jean Grey do her thing and you saw the yeah, outline of the so Phoenix. So now we're doing now we're doing this. Yeah, so Dark Phoenix is gonna be there. Fourth I time. think this is I think this is the problem that they're going back to the Dark Phoenix well. Because X Men I don't know what it is. Maybe they just haven't read a lot of X Men books, but they keep going back to the same stories. Sentinels, Dark Phoenix. Apocalypse was new, that was great, but they kinda botched that. Kinda. Kinda. I want them to be nice. <laughs> Don't be nice. They did. Okay, they botched that. So I, I was personally offended with how they handled Apocalypse. Yeah, me too. So I think that... And now we're hearing that they're not going to go to space in this one. Okay, that's stupid. And I kind of like... You got to innovate. You got to do something. You got to do something new. Because we're already getting people who are saying... I don't know if I want to see another spandex movie. If you did not add a single character past what they already put in Apocalypse and did a Dark Phoenix movie and just expanded on what you already had, I mean, do not add one more mutant. No new people. I'd be more interested. I don't believe it'll happen. Have we heard any casting announcements? I don't know. I don't pay attention. Uh, I don't think we have. Um, but I. But this is this is notorious. X-Men think about films. X-Men movies. Think about the X-Men movies. They are notorious for throwing new characters from the comics at us all the time look at all just to shove them in look at his future past all those older mutants look at the two times that they've added in uh the angel mutant oh Oh, yeah yeah. look at the two times he's been at nothing Mm -hmm. nothing really going on with his character he's just there to add that visual aesthetic again and again it's like hey we have angel oh hey there's jubilee oh hey here's bishop you like bishop here he is everyone wants to see olivia munn as psylocke right yeah yeah well we're not gonna touch up on her taylor kitsch for gambit yeah. I miss Taylor Kitsch's game. <laughs> I do. I do. I do, too. Oh, from X-Men Origins, X-Men right? Origins, yeah. Yeah. I just... There are three X-Men films coming out next year. Do you think that's too many? Ooh, there's three <laughs> X-Men films coming out next year? My goodness gracious. Um, Do I think it's too many? No. Because the others are extensions. Sure. I don't look at them as X-Men films anymore. That's the thing. They're X-Men properties, but I don't think of them as X-Men films. Because they're not necessarily connected. No. I I am fine with Fox doing these other things that are not X-Men team. That's fine with me. I don't care how long they do that. The reason is because they are already naturally more innovative and different. They stand out. Deadpool stands out. Logan stands out. New Mutant stands out. Legion and Gifted stand out. Because they're different. They're handling things in a different way. And again, none of them are stuck in the past. And there could be a whole other topic on the future of superhero television. Yes, um, uh, but but none of them are stuck in the past. Right, yeah. And I think that's the problem. The main team is now stuck in the past. Literally and figuratively. And not, and not doing anything to stand with its characters. They haven't. I have no reason to believe it's going to change now. Mm-hmm. It hasn't for a long time. Right. So... I think that Fox needs to, after Dark Phoenix, retire the main team movies for a while and then maybe bring them back down the line or give back the rights and put an end to the Fox franchise for good mm-hmm. because the clock will run out. It will. The clock will run out on Fox before it runs out on any of the others. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because technically they've been going the longest. They have less to show for it, but they have been going the longest. And now that Hugh Jackman has stepped away... And Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are no longer a part of it. And soon McAvoy and Fassbender will want to step away too. You're running on steam. Right. Yeah, we talked about this when we talked about the, the X-Men films a couple episodes back, where it is 
it's not technically it is the 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 longest superhero franchise because it's been going on since 2000 it has not i said technically because it's in it's in time not in films oh true yes um films marvel cinematic universe beats it a lot oh yeah (laughs) i think they've doubled yeah, let's let's move on to DC because there is there is a there is a question I want to ask at the end of this, but let's move on to DC. Sure, sure. So so my thing with DC, we've we've touched on this too. Um, I I know that we've said they're they're setting up to abandon continuity to save their own butts. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's necessary. They need to they need to break away because they they're trying to be like Marvel and it's not working. Right. So they've got to shift it up. I yeah I think that they should definitely. I still stand by that. I think having different actors playing different versions of the same characters is a bad idea. At the same time, mm-hmm. I like the idea of the non-continuity stories. That I'm fine with. I don't think you should have two Jokers at the same time. Yeah. Or two Supermans. I don't want to see that if they make Superman Red Sun and it's not Henry Cavill. You know. I want to. I want to. I want to say that. <clears throat> I've said this before, and I said it earlier in the show. Warner Brothers could single-handedly take down this entire genre. I don't think that's true. Because I don't think what Warner Brothers does will will ultimately affect what Marvel is doing. Right, and I, I do want to... I'm not the only one who walked out of Batman v Superman and said, I don't want to see another superhero but, film. But, but, I do think that they could fatigue literally everything but mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe. I want to touch on... You know what? I do. There is something I want to touch on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that relates to this. So let's let's yeah, do this. let's tie them together. Yeah. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think, could continue past the fatigue point. Me too. But with less films. Yes, I think that could happen. I don't think they'll keep putting out three films a year. Well, they they like do two or three. I think they might after, after let's let's say the bubble bursts. Okay. I say that I I think that Marvel Cinematic Universe could still put out a movie a year. And still be successful. I th- I agree with you. I think honestly, what could happen is uh, to be to me. Uh, the MCU is set up to evolve, and change. Mm-hmm. And as long as they keep on that path and start this new narrative, I can see them going all the way to Phase Six without much change in 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 amount of film. Mm-hmm. What they put out, I could see that happening because they're good at zeroing in on we're going to do this very different thing with this different character and this very different thing. And I could see them downsizing the ensemble films and I could see them shifting up. Like it's already happened with phase three. You know, our captain America film was a captain America, Iron Man film. It wasn't just a captain America film. It wasn't just the same thing. We we combined elements. Thor is a Thor and Hulk film. It's not just a Thor film. You know, we're not They're They're already changing up the way they do things. It's not predictable each time, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm not saying like their movies are amazing, but they're, they're doing the shifts in small enough doses that they can just keep shifting, and I can see them rocking along for a while. There's a criticism that people have and that they're not willing to pull the trigger on any character to kill them. And I think, I think that's because Infinity War is being set up as a bloodbath. I, I believe this is true. And I think because of that, it will open the door to a lot more character deaths moving forward. Which would allow them to continue to grow and change and tell more, more impactful period, you know, putting period on stories. I'm not going to say they're going to go that far. I think they'll bloodbath and then I think after that we still won't see much character death for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, like it'll happen, but it, it won't be as, as often as people. I think people will still complain that same complaint. Mm-hmm. But I do think that Infinity War will provide the punch that people have kind of felt like they've been waiting for for a long time. And with that, I think Marvel will 
continue its goodwill with its fans. Because sure. it's got, like, bottom line, it's financially successful around the world. It has its fans who are dedicated and still going. It's still getting massive openings. I mean, Thor Ragnarok's on track to, to make an amazing opening weekend. Black Panther's going to make an amazing opening A weekend. A record opening. Yeah. Like... These are going to be fine. Yeah. Like they're they're going to keep going for a while. It's going to take a bit. And even if it does happen, it will happen slow because Marvel will slip up somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it won't derail the whole system because like there Pixar. will still be other pieces that people want to go see. Like Pixar. Pixar, right. you know, those uh, Pixar when they slip up, people still go see their movies. And they have Spider-Man. And Spider-Man was huge. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be a big piece of what happens for the next 10 years, and people love Spider-Man. He is the most popular superhero in the world. They're fine. So the question that I wanted to ask is, let's say the bubble bursts. Okay. Which franchise, franchise, let's say all three of these franchises, let's just say, hypothetically, these three franchises continue until that bubble burst. Okay. What's the landscape look like after? Do we think? Fox falls apart first. Fox falls apart first. Fox dies first. Interesting. Hands yeah. down. Yeah. They don't have enough of a leg to stand on after it because at least Warner Brothers with DC, they still have, there are characters like, I do, I'm not excited about stuff, but I'll go see Aquaman because I've never seen an Aquaman movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's, 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 that's the point. end of the day. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's never happened. I'll go see Green Lantern because I want to see a good Green Lantern movie. Good. Oh. Good. <laughs> well, I'm hoping. Yeah, me too. I'll go see Shazam. Probably. Because I love that character. And I'm hoping, yeah, you know, that hope exists still for these characters because they've never been brought to the big screen before. Mm-hmm. Fox doesn't have that. They're, they're exhausting all the resources. They don't have a lot. They don't have a lot of characters that haven't been brought to the big screen Correct. that people like because most of, the, most of the comics are ensemble comics. Also, if Marvel Cinematic Universe does what Kevin Feige is saying they might do and embraces the change to after they get past the Infinity War hump, acknowledge their, their Netflix division... If they make that crossover, they just extended their their lifetime by a bunch. True, because those Netflix shows again that that's a different topic. But no, those no, no, Netflix I know, but but I mean, but I mean, consider them as part of one as they want us to. Yes, as consider Jeff Loeb them, wants us to. No, 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 but I'm saying like as 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 a majority of people, even within Marvel Studios itself, would like you to mm-hmm. consider them as part of a bigger whole, connecting and having an interconnection between those Netflix shows or the other TV shows as well and the films. Marvel just extends its lifetime with it because that gives them more versatility of what they can do. Ben, you said the same thing. Fox dies first. Fox dies first instantly. It uh, is. Do you have a? Do you have anything to add to what Sparks said, or do you? Do you no, think Sparks you agree hit the nail. Pretty. Sparks has hit the nail on the head more times than I can count this this entire topic. So I don't think anything I have to say is pretty much going to mirror him with uh, Fox. Mm-hmm. However, I do have some words about DC and Marvel. Marvel, if they keep doing what they have been doing, which is to introduce new characters, which is they're able to bring characters from like Sony. They brought over Spider-Man. Now we have a slew of new Spider-Man films that we can possibly get. We they're also introducing Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, Black Panther. We don't know they're introducing Miss Marvel yet. Okay, this well, is the rumor. Rumor is hopefully, fingers crossed, we get Miss Marvel film. on TV. Characters that aren't necessarily household names, but they're still, but will become household names. Iron Man. Point. Case in point. No, not a lot of ca- people cared about Iron Man until Robert Downey Jr. donned the, the helmet and then, shut up phone, and then he just exploded. Everyone knew everything about Iron Man. Sure. Warner Brothers, they are on life support right now because their track record has been a meh movie, a god-awful movie, 
a super god awful movie that I just I hate. I freaking hate Suicide Squad. Still have not seen BBS. BBS was bad. I hate Suicide Squad more than BBS. I could stomach BBS, but I just despise Suicide Squad. Man, I'm on the opposite side of that with you. I have not seen Suicide Squad yet. No, I could. I could at least watch sit through Suicide Squad again. I I really can't. BBS offends offends me with how it portrays the character. Suicide Squad, I just find shallow. I, so mm, I just, point. I never saw Suicide Squad, so I can't. I don't agree on that yeah, part. Yeah, but yeah, yes, yeah, I get I, you. I, I but, would. Wonder Woman was great, but if they just keep going like meh, <clears throat> bad, bad, great, it's not gonna work. People aren't gonna get stale because every time we talk about DC, we go, oh, okay, more okay. Where they where they effing up now? I would like that narrative to change. I want. Like, I want future, that narrative. In the future, that's my thing. I want that narrative to change, and I wonder if it will, because. There's not a whole lot that they're doing right now, as far as the news come uh, that's been coming out of what they're doing, that says to me, yeah, they're they're really changing their narrative. It just all looks like the same stuff. Exactly. But maybe we'll get a good movie every now and then. Same stuff, same color palette, minus Wonder Woman, same like dark, grim stuff. And it's just I've seen this shit before. I don't want to see it in. I want to see brighter. I want to see Superman fly off into the in the sunset smiling for once, like we did back in the seventies and eighties. Um, here's my general overall prediction. I think Warner Brothers is going to have to slip away from the continuity because they can't seem to get their crap together. Yeah, mm-hmm. me and too. I think that's going to happen. And when it does, I think Warner Brothers will do okay, and it'll limp along for maybe another decade, doing that kind of okay because they'll have. I think Warner Brothers will get to a place where their films are a lot like what we got out of comic book movies in the '90s. Except just more modern. Mm-hmm. But like the way that mm-hmm. they handle it, it'll kind of be like that new wave of that. And that'll float them along for a while. Yeah. Fox will fall. And it'll go away for a long time. Marvel Cinematic Universe, I can see making it all the way to their end of another 10-year narrative. So phase six, let's say. Mm-hmm. Right? And when that ends, I can see then either a deal or a full-on rights return of the Fox stuff. And then Marvel Cinematic Universe is like, now we do mutants. And they do that for and they do that for another ten years, and during that ten years, the fatigue really sets, and that's the last ten years of the MCU. I could I could see that very easily, that that's where it all, and then superhero movies just stop in there. So now you don't think that go the, the way of the Western, and we're not going to see them very much for a while. So now, do you think that the MCU could outlast us? Us, you and I? Yeah. No. 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 They. Uh, think. Goodness. <laughs> I, I would be so pissed if I died I think, and I, think, I couldn't see the new Marvel I think, movie. I think all things, all great things come to an end. Yeah. And I think that the MCU has a shelf life. It's a long one, but they have it. So your, your prediction about 30 years for the MCU in total? In total, I think so. Yeah. Roughly. I think once we're entering past phase six, the fatigue on the MCU will start as well. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll try to freshen it up. By bringing in the X-Men, because I can't see Fox still having them at that point, or not trying to work out a deal at that point to keep them going. Mm -hmm. So they'll try to bring in the mutants and make that the new thing for them, and it'll work for a little while. Oh, you mean the Inhumans won't be be that? Stop. (laughs) But, but But that'll be when we're seeing just the way that Western films started to go. We'll see the end of the superhero films. Right. And it's not that there will never be another. It's just this this time of them being so many. That's about the time it will ultimately. We come still to its get end. westerns. We right. still get good westerns. We right. do. That's about the time it will ultimately come to its end, though, and then we'll see superhero films much more sparsely. Sure. Something else will have taken the spot. So now my question is to you guys: 
Short term. Fantastic Four. Where where do we predict the Fantastic Four going short term, not long? I don't care to see them anytime soon, to be honest with you. I know that's not in a, any property. That's in not any, a, any like. Do we see it going to? Would you care if it went to Marvel? I guess. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see it at Marvel than at Fox. Sure. Fox has botched it twice. I don't think they have the right to do anything with it anymore. No, Fantastic Four has to go back to Marvel. Has to go back. And if, and if we want to see another Fantastic Four film, it's going to be within the MCU, and it's going to be back with Marvel. I, I you That's know, what, my the only way I could see my it prediction back. for that. We're going to see another Fantastic Four film by Fox. I don't. Want and to. then I'm not saying want. I'm saying like predictions, like what we think is going to. I don't want it either. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, you and I went and saw. Well, because Fantastic we're Stick. seeing, we're seeing, we still have uh, Doom on the on the slate for Fox. Oh shit, we do. Um, we haven't heard a lot about that, but that that is still technically on the slate. So I do think we're going to get another Fantastic Four film from Fox. But after that, I'm talking like five years, maybe a little bit more. But now I can't see it much more. Fox will give the rights back to Fantastic Four to Marvel, um, but just Fantastic Four because I think they'll keep, they'll keep the X Men film film rights. I think another. I think they they think they could squeeze the X Men films out for maybe another ten years. But after that, I think that maybe, maybe we won't see another Fox X Men film. What do you think, Sparks? I mean, I think that kind of plays into what I was already saying. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. No, I, I think agree. it's inevitable that of the three, Fox falls first. Yeah, yeah. I would like Warner Brothers. Something that just struck my mind was that Warner Brothers. Yeah, I agree with you, Sparks. Warner Brothers needs to fix their shit. They need to just stick with the no continuity films. Oh no, I think Warner Brothers are doing great. <laughs> says no one says on no this one. panel. Says no one. <laughs> Warner Brothers sticks with their film was sticks with solo movies. Maybe throw a tiny little reference in like Man of Steel did with the Wayne uh, with the Wayne satellite, something like that. Say, hey, this is still a thing. They're still in the same universe, but it what happens in say Aquaman doesn't directly affect what's going to happen in Green Lantern. And that's what they're already talking about. Is yeah. that is that less interconnectivity? They're still part of the same world. They're not, but they're not directly like influencing each other. Yeah. Like even the the Marvel films didn't directly influence each other in their first mm-hmm. phase, but you still got the connections. Exactly. Like the Tesseract popped up in three films. Exactly. Um, that's that is something I like to see. And Iron Man two, First Avenger, Thor. <laughs> And the Tesseract show up in Iron Man 2? Yeah. It's the... We, we see it in Stark's notes. Howard Stark's oh, notes. Oh, duh. Yeah. You're right. But... The the arc reactor is, ba- is based off that technology. Based off the Tesseract, yeah. Yeah. And if Warner Brothers does that, also I like to see them adapting like their bigger stories. One of the stories, like if Warner Brothers were to take this narrative and then just end it, completely end it, end it with a decent adaption of Kingdom Come. That's how I want to see them end. Oh, I don't know if I want to see that. Like, do Identity Crisis, do maybe a Crisis on Infinite Earths story, and bring in some of the Identity team. Crisis? Why would you pick Identity Crisis? I don't know. That was none p- of that. None of that will land because they haven't built the characters well enough to begin with. You're talking about storylines. They would have to have a decade's worth of building individual characters well that we care about. See. If they fix it, because if they keep going the way they're going and they nothing changes, because right now Warner Brothers, this is just me. This is wishful thinking for no, me I right know, now. I know. So you're you're it, talking about a perfect world where Warner Brothers makes a good movie more than twice a year. Exactly. Wait, more than twice every six more years. Than once a year. More than twice every six years. I'm just gonna say that. I'm gonna stick to that. But one. right. But right now, how does time work? Warner Brothers, they're on life support. If they keep saying like, "Yeah, we're gonna fix it," 
do it. Stop talking about it. But but here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that um, with your idea, like you know, what's required is about a decade of well built characters from their own individual films to get to that kind of story. And I'm saying it's too late. Too late. In the superhero genre, I think it's too late for them to find that with their audiences to build to that because Marvel is about to cap off a 10-year thing with a strong story and Warner Brothers still hasn't cleaned up their act and we're not looking at them doing it for at least another two or three years and then they start cleaning it up and trying to build up to something that strong? Come on. Yeah. I think Warner The fatigue Brothers... will be too strong. Oh, yeah. I think Warner Brothers will feel the fatigue first, truthfully, because they didn't hit the ground running. No. And they needed to. There's uh, the, because they wanted to catch up with Marvel, and they they tried. To their credit, they tried to hit the ground running. They followed up Man of Steel with a with a crossover film that nobody asked for. Um, yeah, two years. No, after no, Man no, 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 no. We did ask for Batman and Superman together. We just didn't ask for that movie. That's what I'm. That's what I'm referring to. Is we didn't ask for that film. We'd asked for Batman and Superman together in a film since I Am Legend. That's true. Yeah, man, that was great tease. Oh, that hurt my soul. I was so so happy walking out of I Am Legend after I saw that. You were happy walking out of I Am Legend? You monster. No, as in like after I saw... You monster. Well, can I finish my thought, Dan? No, it? because I'm going, to, I'm going to talk over you. I love you. I think I, we already got what you meant, though. Yeah. Thank you. No, so what we were... So I just... If they had hit the ground running with a good film... Yeah. Let's, let's, you know what? Let's even say that Batman v Superman was a good film. Not Man of Steel. Because Man of Steel is fine. Um, but let's, let's, say, let's say that was what it is, and then Batman v Superman was amazing. Was like Avengers level amazing. Was like everything we could have ever asked for. That's when it should have happened. That's when they could have prevented. Because let's look at right now. Thanks to the genre been been going so strong for ten years. Let's uh, almost ten years. Let's look at it as like a looming fatigue that will that that is that is like chasing the genre in a way that's and if you're not just at a sprint like marvel it's gonna catch up to you so here's the reason why warner brothers i think has to go non-continuity in order to keep up if they want to keep doing superhero films they have to break continuity and not try to keep that so solid because they're never going to do what marvel's doing and here's why it's not actually the superhero genre that's killing them it's all the other cinematic universes that are killing them because they're all trying to do it and that's making Warner Brothers look like one of them, not like one of Marvel. Because you've got Godzilla. Mm-hmm. You've got Pacific Rim now mm-hmm. talking about it. You've got the Universal Dark Dark Monsters series. You've got the Bourne film still kind of playing around with the idea of being a, a cinematic that's universe. That's true. I still want to do got, that. You've got all these things saying, we're going to do what Marvel's doing without being superhero films. Transformers. Uh. Right. You see? You see your reaction right there? Even general audiences are getting tired of Transformers. And they're still pulling the cinematic universe thing. Warner Brothers can't compete with that. That's the problem. Cinematic universes are just wearing thin because the only one, the only one that is showing they are doing it well so far is Marvel. Yeah. The Dark Universe didn't hit the ground running. No. And I'll say that. Like, you know what? To go back to Godzilla, I think, truthfully, Kong Skull Island uh, did it really well. Because... The monster versus a shared universe. Mm-hmm. But outside of Monarch and maybe some passing references to other kaiju and the tease at the end, Kong is a self-contained film. It is. That I, had, does not rely on Godzilla. And Batman v Superman relies on, Man, on of Man of Steel. Suicide Squad, kind of the same way. 
Suicide Squad. Although, for what I've seen, truthfully, I would say I don't, Suicide, I don't know 100%. I would say Suicide Squad would rely more on Batman v Superman than Man of Steel. That's what he means, though. He means that it relies on something. It does. And uh, that's. The Dark Universe, for some reason, relied on a film we never saw. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's an accurate statement, but it really felt like the Dark Universe also. The, no, I don't. I wouldn't say that. I'd say the Dark Universe just didn't do a good job starting. Okay. That's I fair. don't think it relied on anything before it. Mm-hmm. I think it just didn't do a good job. Mm-hmm. It's just, if you're going to do a shared universe, if you're going to start now in a shared, in, the, in, this, in this landscape, don't be so overt about it and warner brothers was very clear we're going to do this shared universe and it's going to be massive and it's going to be successful and we're going to get a lot of money from this so the trend that's hurting warner brothers it's not the superhero trend it's the cinematic universe trend and it's because they slipped up and didn't get in on it at a good time didn't do it well and now a bunch of other things and now a bunch of other things are doing it and so they just look like part of that rather than part of the superhero genre they're just mucking around and to to the, to be fair, they couldn't start it early because Nolan had had the keys on Batman. Like he wouldn't let them do anything with Batman. Right. Wow. Wow. Too bad. You should have started with a stronger film then, if that was the case. Exactly. Exactly. They should have. Pull your heads out of your butts. Take it seriously. So I think we're. The thing is, look, Warner Brothers had the opportunity to do to push the envelope and go further than Marvel did in a positive way with their characters. They decided to just be like, let's let Zack Snyder, why, control things and make it gritty and realistic because that's what they'll want. Forget making the characters accurate, just make it that. That'll build a different connotation to the Marvel Universe, but you missed the point. Right, right. So what at, do least, we- at least Fox kind of gets that. Right. Yeah. So what do we think? So wrapping up, what do we got? Final thoughts? Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm not saying, are all great films. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that they understand what it means to build upon themselves without... They, they, they know what it means to try to build what we have called the Cinematic Universe. They established and created it in the modern way. They are the tentpole example. They know what they're doing. Trying to not acknowledge where, the pros of what they did and learn from the flaws, you're already losing. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's not taking that message and trying to build the cinematic universe is doomed to fail. You you have to learn the lessons from them, from their mistakes and from their successes. Mm-hmm. I agree. And they're not. They haven't shown any evidence they're going to. So I don't predict anything living very long in the superhero genre beyond the Marvel Cinematic Universe because they do that. Ben? I agree. Marvel has done such a great job already that all these other companies are cop- are copying and yeah my reaction to more cinematic universes like when you guys were talking about the cinematic universe for Pacific Rim last week remember Robin Hood cinematic universe uh, can we not I just that was a thing that was being talked about I gr- I when you guys were talking about hey Pacific Rim is going to become a shared universe now I was like no I kind of don't want shared universes anymore with comic with comic and superhero films see and you're a huge nerd yeah I am a huge nerd like, I don't even consider Godzilla a shared universe. I just consider Godzilla being Godzilla. Well, because right now there's only one spinoff. Well, just well, even, Kong well, lives in it. Well, even back with the um, other, with the Toho films, I just saw Godzilla being Godzilla. It's like, it's like, yeah, we'll talk about stuff that happened, but that's like, hey, we'll talk about 19, uh, the 50 Godzilla truthfully, during Godzilla vs. Destroyer, which happened, what, how many years after the original Godzilla The Toho film? Godzilla films 
swallowed up other monsters. It wasn't like they tied in. Like the Toho Godzilla films swallowed other monster yeah. franchises. Yeah, but wrap up. What were you saying? Sorry. I I agree with Sparks. The MCU could be going very long. It won't. I don't think it will outlast us, but it can go very well into our lives. And other than that, we're gonna see superhero films very sparse. I hope. That. I hope that we see an ending to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I really do. And I and I've I've said this before, and I agree with you guys. I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe will may not be immune to the fatigue, but could hold it off a lot longer yeah. than the others can. Um, because the fatigue is already there. Mm-hmm. It's all, what do you call it? Shared universe fatigue or superhero fatigue? It's starting to show. Mm-hmm. Very small, very minuscule, I will admit. But it's it's starting to get there. And any franchise that doesn't hit the ground running and just with great films, great characters, you're doomed to fail. Yeah. Right. And I want to clarify when we're talking about superhero co- movie fatigue, we are talking about with the people who are passionately into or like still go to every single one of these movies. We are not talking about the people who are already like, I don't like superhero movies. You were never the people we were talking about. Anyone who is of that opinion, that's not the person we're talking about. They were already not on board, which is fine. Mm-hmm. We're talking about people who are like us or a little less who, listen more to casual, this. who are casual audience members, the kind of people who went to every Transformers movie, the kind of people who have gone to every Marvel movie now or are going to every Warner Brothers film because they're interested in mm. Batman. It's contrary to popular belief, a Wonder lot of Woman. people go see Marvel films. Right. <laughs> Not just Any, us. Anyone who is is doing that and is starting to get tired of it, that's what we're talking about is when that fatigue will hit. When you mention Transformers and we all go and we all groan. Exactly. Like whenever that's going to hit where we get tired of talking about things. It's exactly like Warner Brothers is suffering because it's exactly what we said earlier. I don't really want to see Justice League. So yeah. that's a problem. I'm a really big nerd. I'm super into these heroes and I don't really want to see your movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared to see that movie. I really am. So I think all in all, we're fairly positive with what's going on right now. But you know, who knows? Like, truthfully, truthfully, we could all be wrong. But if, what if next year the bubble explodes? I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. Like, do it, it has to happen. Honestly, the bubble can't burst until after the fourth Avengers film. Mm-hmm. The anticipation of that alone has kept people going for so long that there's no way it bursts until that happens. Now, sure. if that doesn't land the way that they want it to, which could happen, that could be the bubble burst. It could, yeah. And it, like, truthfully, if Marvel has a truly, like, if Marvel has a bomb. Like a massive bomb that they have never had before, it'll shake things up. It will, and that—that's the linchpin in this in this discussion is that, barring that, but yeah. like I said earlier in this, I think if they get past the Infinity War hump and they're into the next narrative and they bomb there, I think they'll actually recover okay. Sure, like the good dinosaur because the good faith is built. Mm-hmm. You've had ten years of a strong narrative that had a solid punch. If they have the solid punch, right, they'll be okay. Yeah. Everything else will suffer. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways. Ben Ben picked a book. I did. I didn't read it. I didn't read it either. I read it a long time ago. I went to Ben. Read I it was again. very very busy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> We've had. I'm interested to hear you talk about it. We've yeah. had a crazy couple of weeks. Yeah, I know. Well, the book I picked was Neil Gaiman's Marvel 1602, a book that I actually had my eye on for a very long time. Never picked it up. Finally did at WonderCon. Because of its premise alone just fascinated me. And Gaiman is coming off of Sandman at this yeah. point. Yeah. Because Marvel 1602 takes the Marvel Universe and reimagines them in, six, in, the, in, the 17th, in the early 17th century. 1602 
and they're all there. We have Sir Nicholas Fury. We have the X Men. We have we have Peter Parker. He's not Spider Man yet, and it takes all these classic Marvel superhero characters that we know and love, and they, we smack them right in the middle of the Spanish Inquisition and Queen Elizabeth at the very end of Queen Elizabeth's life, and just the just just thing is like, what would these heroes be like way back when? Is fascinating and it's written in a very interesting way. It gets very trippy near the end, but I love the art. The art, the art is really beautiful. But I love how they uh, they twist things a little bit. Like uh, Charles Xavier is Carlos Javier. Like that. Oh, that's cute. The, the mutants are known as witch breed. Um, oh yeah, because they wouldn't be called mutants. Yeah, they wouldn't be called mutants. They're called witch breed. And um, uh, Eric uh, Magneto, he still has his magnetic powers. But he is the Grand Inquisitor. He actually wants to hunt. He is about to kill Angel in the opening uh, part of this book. And Angel gets away thanks to um, the X-Men. I love Thor in this. Uh-huh. He looks so cool. Now, I want to touch on the art because I, I really like the art. So Andy Kubert does the art and mm-hmm. he's fantastic. But he normally is. he doesn't do so much line work. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean... You look at these and you look at the sky and it's drawn in very much a, a similar way as um, uh, if you look at um, Kali with the Trans Meatballs, the art and, and the original book, uh-huh. how it's like the circle. Uh, yeah, you see the lines the, in the, cir- the circle in the, in the skies with uh-huh. the wind and all that. It's very much like that in the background. You see a lot of line work, but not in a way that, you know, character design, but more in like background design. Uh-huh. Right? And it just gives it such an old world feel yeah. to it. Uh, like a parchment feel to it, and mm-hmm. I really, I really like that art, the art yeah. style. Yeah. Now the plot of sixteen oh two is that, um, Sir Nicholas Fury is part of Her Majesty the Queen's intelligence, and there is a young girl coming from the colonies, the first girl, the first person born in the New World, the colonies, and she is coming from America to back to London Town, with her Native American bodyguard Rogers. Who is freaking Steve Rogers? Now, there's a whole bunch of um, plot points in this. Like, uh, Count Otto Vadum, the leader of Laveria, is trying to take over the throne. He actually kills Queen Elizabeth. And then King James of Scotland becomes king and is a horrible king. And also, they f- and also Dr. Stephen Strange, who is a physician, but also he's still a magician, finds out that, hey, there's a time traveler here. There's a world-ending event. The world is going to end, and we need to find out how to stop it. And... I don't want to spoil the end of it, but just seeing Steve Rogers as a, a Native American and his broken English saying, protect you, soup hot, burn, don't touch. Just the way that Gaiman writes these characters in, in early 1600s England and eventually the colonies is just masterful. It's like, how do you do that? Gaiman in general is just a literary master. Yeah, this is actually the first Gaiman book I've ever read. Really? Really? Yeah, really. I've never read Sam and never read any of his novels. But this is a. Fir- I'm actually kind of glad I picked up this as the first one because I want to read more of his stuff now. Yeah, yeah, you need to do that. I I've been wanting to get to this, and I I'm sorry that I didn't because I was excited when you brought it up. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been wanting to read that, and I just I I still want to, and I'm still going yeah. to. That's I read it. I read it a long time ago when yeah. I first bought it, and I bought it years ago. Uh, I got. I remember because you, Brandon, you remember when I first started reading comic books. I was mostly all DC, maybe a few indies here and there, but it was all DC. So was I. And Marv and when I want to start buying Marvel, <laughs> sorry. And when I started buy wanted to buy Marvel books, I saw Marvel sixteen oh two at your shop, and I was like, "What is this?" And hashtag I, drinking game, hashtag drinking game. And I remember, so, I forgot who was working there, but they said like, "No, this is a it's it's 
it's not part of a continuity, but it's a really good jumping on point. If you've never read a Marvel book, this is one of the good Marvel books you should definitely read because it's self-contained. There's also a couple of spinoffs. There is a Spider-Man spinoff. To yeah, you know, too. at the very the very last page, you see um, Peter Parker spelled Peter Parker. It's spelled weird, but you see him getting bit by a spider. And also, you see Daredevil, but it's not really Daredevil because it's Matthew Murdock, but he has a red bandana over his eyes, and he's but he moves just like Daredevil does. Yeah. And Black Widow is a total bitch. I'm just into saying. it. I'm into it. Yeah, man. This is, this, this is a good book. It, in this book, Black Widow is a bitch. Just saying. Uh, hashtag feminism. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hashtag feminism. Hashtag Black Widow is a bitch. <laughs> you want to know hashtag why? Hashtag it. You want to know why? You want to know why I say that is because hashtag Kessel Run was a better title. <laughs> <laughs> if you read the book, you know you know why. It's like yeah, screw. Because after I saw that scene, I was like, man, screw you, Black Widow. You suck. Yeah, this is, look, it's a it's a great book, and it's hard to say anything other than that, especially when it comes to Neil Gaiman. Yeah, because you haven't read Man's a lot a of genius. You haven't read a lot of Neil Gaiman stuff, but even the stuff that he's like a co writer on. Did you watch a? Uh, you watched Doctor Who, right? A little bit, yeah. Did he never saw seen? Doctor's Wife. Oh, that's a game in episode. It's like that my is? favorite episode, yeah. It's one of the best episodes of season five. Probably of Stephen Moffat's whole run. It's Ooh. one of the best episodes of the show. Oh, yeah, hands down. Ooh, um, color me intrigued. He's written for TV. He's written movies. He's written books that have been turned into movies. He's written comics. The man, I, I have right now, as of now, have not read or seen a bad Neil Gaiman anything. Yes, I agree with that. I, I I love him. Anything he touches, I I'll, I will read it. Uh, Sandman, you should definitely read Sandman. It's incredible. I've been told you'd to read like Sandman. it a lot. I've been told to read. Sand- I need to read Sandman. And DC Metal, not written by him. Just saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, Marvel sixteen oh two was such a unique breath, uh, uh, breath of fresh air to uh, the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Much in the way that Superman Red Sun mm-hmm. works, where it, it's like. Marvel didn't really have a name for it, but DC calls them Elseworlds. Mm-hmm. It's just fun to see characters in such new directions. And the more extreme that new direction is, the more fun it is uh, to play with those characters. Like, and, I, and I fully believe that Neil Gaiman just had a blast like, writing this. One of the things I really liked about this was how they explained the Fantastic Four. And even the ship they, they, they oh, yeah. sail on. The that Fantastic. was cool. I'm, the I Fantastique. Have, the Fantastique, yeah. I'm reading this something I really, really like. The Fantastic Four in this book, and, and then you read a Fantastic Four comic, you're like, I really don't like the Fantastic Four. <laughs> and yet, in, in 1602, I'm like, I really like the Fantastic Four now. And 1602, hashtag it, sorry, Ryan. We love you. Hashtag we love you, Ryan. 1602 is one of those books. As, as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, you know what? I know Marvel's not going to do it. They don't do a lot of animation and movies anymore. They're not going to do a one shot live action film either. But if they did. If they did, if we lived in the perfect world and Marvel said, you know what, let's do an else, let's do an off MCU movie just to shake things up a little bit, I would like them to see do Marvel 1602 as a one shot live action film. I would like to see it as an animated film. I don't or think they could pull. It, I don't think they could pull it off in live or action. Or animated film. I would like to see sixteen. Bouncing off of that, I did have a. I did have an interesting idea where they could do like what if shorts, mm-hmm. like Marvel one shot what ifs. Okay. And have like small, like have their actors play like what if versions of the characters. I think that would be kind of cool. Uh-huh. But for something like this that was just so divergent from from the Marvel proper, mm-hmm. um, would work best as yeah. an animated. Much like you brought up Kingdom Come, I also think Kingdom Come would work better as a uh, animated yeah, film. It probably would. 
but uh, oh my god, can you imagine the Alex Ross art and animation? Oh, hashtag swoon. Has oh, you kidding me? Hashtag man crush. Uh, anything else you want to we want to touch on with the book? Um, um, sixteen oh two. If you were like me way back when I first started reading comic books and collecting comic books, Marvel sixteen oh two is the, a book that you don't need to know anything else but just very basic Marvel knowledge. You don't to even understand. need to know that. I'll, no. I will. I will go so far as you don't even know, need to know that. But in this day and like, age, who doesn't know yeah. these characters? But if so. you know names like Doctor Doom, you know names like Nick Fury, you know names like Peter. If you're listening Parker, to this to this podcast, you certainly know oh, the name Doctor Doom. Certainly do. Because Doctor well, Doom. Who's Doctor Doom? Is, uh, I think uh, somewhere good. Ryan just like <laughs> his heart cracked a Ryan, little. Ryan, Ryan's heart just like melted. He's just he's doing his thing right now. He's just he keels over. He's like, someone talked bad about Doctor Doom. My boy. Yeah, but Doctor Doom in this book was amazing. I love Doom. I love all the characters in this book except for even Black Widow. Even though I'm like, man, Black Widow, you suck, but you're still good. So why do you have cookies? <laughs> we heard we heard that <laughs> don't, don't ask questions <laughs> just pull out but a bag of cookies I do want to know the answer to this I am starving why did you do this to me well uh, in the middle of the show Ryan has uh, sent us what his book club for next week will be um, thank you Ryan it will be Taskmaster Unthinkable um, I'm very excited for this. I want to read more Taskmaster after uh, Secret Empire. Me so. too. That's why I told him rad. Yeah. Uh, so that'd be cool. So it'd be fun. Uh, we'll put, yes. I'm so happy right now. I got a cookie. Oh my God, they're soft. <laughs> this is amazing. Okay. Hey, hey listeners, get a cookie. Let's wrap up the show. <laughs> oh, are these raisins? Yeah. I love raisins. All right, let's wrap up the show. <laughs> That's a subproc joke right there. <laughs> I have a mouthful of cookie right now. I was getting raisins <laughs> for my sandwich. For my sandwich. Mm. Uh, next week is LA Comic Con, guys. If you're going, say hi. Mm-hmm. We'd love to see you. We're going uh, Saturday and Sunday. At least three of us are. Uh, Sparks, who unfortunately will not be joining us. I will not. I have Halloween plans. Dia de los Muertos plans. Dia de los Berberios. You of all people. Me of all people. Yeah. And I'm actually going to cosplay for uh, um, LA Comic Con on uh, Saturday and Sunday. As all right, so two people will be going to <laughs> LA Comic Con. As? Uh, Saturday, I'm going to go as Luigi. Oh. And I'm going to go as a Mega Man for uh, Sunday. Yep, yep. That's what I thought. I was like, one of them's going to be Mega Man. Yeah, oh, yeah. You do. He's got the sweatshirt. Well, I'm going to bring my helmet and my buster. Uh, of course the- you are. Yes, I am. All right, guys. Thank you to everyone who contributes to the show, including, including Jeremy Vellucci. I've got a cookie in my mouth right now, so excuse me. Uh, Jeremy Vellucci, who does Suburban Proctologist, which was mentioned briefly in the show. Um, you should check that show out. It's great. Uh, he's also great, but don't take us for, don't take uh, don't take our word for it. Take his. Don't take us word. <laughs> English. Take it away, Jeremy. If you are a human being between the ages of 2 and 99, congratulations! You are among one of the few species in the universe to function with conscious thought. That's a big responsibility! There's a lot of incredible things you can do with consciousness. You could read. You could fall in love. You could kill a man! But the best thing about being a conscious being is having the chance to experience wonderful adventures. And if you're interested in going on such an adventure without leaving the comfort of your own home, I invite you to find the Suburban Proctologist podcast on iTunes under comedy, or to go to www.suburbanproctologist.libsyn.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Now just a minute! 
You can't have a promo for suburban proctologists without mentioning me, the main character! What? I thought I was the main character. Isn't the audience following my narrative in the first episode? It's a fish out of water story. Well, you're a stupid fish! It's my name in the title! I always like to fancy myself as the main character, actually. Excuse me, this is a private building. Who let you in? Was it Carol? It was Carol, wasn't it? Yes, it was Carol. She's lovely. Yes, we vaporized her! Is this the thingy where you do the voiceovers? It's called a microphone. I'm sorry, did you say vaporize? Move over! Uh, people of Earth! I have commandeered your airwaves! Remember this voice! It belongs to your future ruler! Proctologist Nefarious! But you can just call me... Brocco. Thank you, Jeremy. He does our theme music. We love our theme music. Uh, we're going to have some more stuff coming from him soon. Uh, probably some new announcements coming together soon. Probably the next month. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but you can find him at, at JV Jabberwock. He doesn't really use his, his any social media, so I don't know why you would. But hey, he's there. Uh, get a hold of him. Uh, thank you to Louis Barreto, uh, who does our icon. Um, you can find him at Lens for Eyes. He's part of any zine, uh, which means every third Wednesday of the month. Anyone is welcome to join if you're in the greater Los Angeles area. Room 507 from 6 to 10 at the Cal State Northridge College. Sure. Um, you can find them at any zine. Nope. You can find them at Instagram at any zine underscore CSUN. That's E-N-I-Z-I-N-E underscore C-S-U-N. Facebook, anyzine at CSUN. Email anyzine.csun at gmail.com. We've never said this, but CSUN has actually Ben and I's alma mater. We have. We said it a few times. Well, screw you, Ben. <laughs> drink. <laughs> what, drink whenever? Hashtag drinking game. <laughs> drink whenever. Uh, Hashtag Castle Run was a better title. Hashtag Investifarted. <laughs> so anyone who's seen John Oliver will know that joke. Yep. Oh, wait. Uh, uh, yep, I know what you're talking about. Ben just got it. <laughs> you can find us Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Fake Nerd Podcast, uh, Fake Nerd Guys at Gmail dot com. If you want to get a hold of us privately, we'd love to hear from you. You can find me BT McClure one, BT McClure at Gmail dot com. No, no one, <laughs> you fu- you messed up. Uh, you messed two up. weeks in a row. I know. I saw. I hold on, I'm just gonna cut this out. No, you're not. Wait. You can find me BT McClure at uh, Twitter and Instagram. You can find Sparks. He still almost said one. <laughs> I know. Sparks, Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. You didn't do me first. I'm offended. Ben. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, ben Magnet 27 and 4, all the things. It's because I gave him a cookie. You yeah. gave me a cookie too. Yeah, I but know, but he's the one who just doing it. Okay, okay. okay. Screw you. <laughs> Screw you. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, tune in. Whatever podcasts are listened to, I honestly don't know anymore. Wherever podcasts are sold. But uh, rate and review wherever you get us. We'd love to, we'd love to be seen more i don't know stay fake nerds 